My name is Willie Bolin. I study influence, persuasion, and leadership in selling and sales management, and I teach people how to sell. In this podcast, we'll talk to some of the world's top sales leaders and see what we can learn from them. Welcome to the Sales Lab. This episode of the Sales Lab is brought to you by the 2020 International Collegiate Sales Competition, a sales recruiting event happening November 11th through 14th in sunny Orlando, Florida. Look, we all know that recruiting top talent is a persistent challenge for sales organizations. The mission of the ICSC is to enhance the selling profession by encouraging the development of the critical sales skills needed by today's collegiate sales graduates in a fun and competitive environment and provide a venue where companies can meet the nation's top collegiate sales talent in one place. This year, the ICSC will be attended by over 500 sales-focused college students from over 90 universities who come to compete in either a sales role-play competition, a sales management case competition, or both. Will your organization be there to hire the best of the best from around the country? Visit www.icsc-fsu.org, that's ICSC as an International Collegiate Sales Competition, Dash FSU, as in Florida State University, dot org, for more information on how you can get involved. Don't let these great recruits go to your competitors. Hey, everybody. In today's episode, we're going to be speaking with Lee Sellers. He is the Director of Sales Development and Recruiting for Citrix. Uh, his name is actually Lee Sellers, which I find a little bit amusing. This is going to be the first of three episodes where we're speaking with Lee. And in this first part, we'll talk a little bit about COVID and and how the quarantine is affecting them, the move to virtual work and virtual onboarding, and some mental health issues and, you know, good things to think about while we're all cooped up. All right. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks a lot. I think a couple things that are happening right now and 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 one is with citrix we're kind of in the middle of everything because our solution does solve problems for customers and from a sales standpoint and, and really from a people standpoint as well it's this balance between empathy and having confidence um, to be able to go and and present solutions you know mm-hmm. when, when we did phase one um, our demand was really high, right? Lots of leads coming in, a lot of customers, a lot of people trying to figure out how to get people to work remote. And, you know, in, in the whole scenario, you do have a lot of um, empathy for everybody. And, and I don't know if that is kind of, if people are getting a lot more pragmatic and thinking, look, I, I got problems to solve today, to keep my business running, can you um, address those? And then with our people, similar, right, is we're in a situation again where we've been extremely busy and, you know, we have early career people and how do you keep them engaged in what they're doing when, when people have had differing degrees of work from home, right? We've had yeah. some... Some people stayed in their closer to the office location in their apartments, and some people went back home to their hometown and and to be closer to family or with family during this time. So we've kind of seen seen all of it, right? A little bit of everything over the last three months. Yeah. So the the quarantine begins, and it's kind of hunting season, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
did the tactics or the selling behaviors have to change at that point? Or was it just kind of take the orders as fast as you can? Or, or how did that happen? There was some because a lot of our customers, they expanded their licenses um, during that time. And, and we, we did the best we can, could and we had some special programs so that they could set up work from home for a broader audience or a broader set of customers. For us, um, mostly what we ha- we're, we're the prospectors, so we handle incoming leads, and then we set up meetings for salespeople. Ours was just a lot of empathy on talk to them about their unique situation, the problem they were trying to solve, um, but go quick enough because we were getting about three times as many inquiries as we had in the past. And and everybody's sense of urgency was a lot higher, right? So we, we knew that there was a sense of demand going up, and and we didn't want to be too op- opportunistic in the you know. But we knew that if we weren't aggressive, we wouldn't solve everybody's problems. And it's still going on to a certain degree. You know, we look at the um, the first phase was like this sense of urgency, and everybody had to accomplish something. The second phase was okay what just happened, let's figure out longer term. And then we think there's going to be a third phase that comes out that's going to be the new normal. And we're trying to figure out where we're at at any given time. And then we dealt with parts of the country, right? Um, Things happened differently. The Northeast and the West were early. And then we also had verticals, right? So, you know, education wasn't as active in the beginning. And I think over the summer, the education vertical, we do have a lot of customers in K through 12, community college, and then higher education. And they're now getting around to, okay, we have to have a solution. And fairly quick, when you think about it's May, but it has to be somewhere around August or September. It has to be ready to go in a couple months. We're here talking with Lee Sellers. Uh, that is his real name from uh, Citrix. <laughs> and I'm a, fairly familiar with what you guys do and, and some of the products that you guys offer. But obviously, we're talking about how your products fit in with the quarantine and this whole COVID uh, pandemic crisis. Why don't you walk us through kind of the, the main elements of some of the solutions that you guys offer? Sure. Um, so our main business is we virtualized desktops and we create virtualized workspaces that allow employees to work anywhere from any device across any network. It's what we've done for 30 years. Historically, we've done it at the corporate level and large companies use it. Call centers, for instance, um, very big customer of ours. Um, And healthcare is also a very large customer. Over the last four years, we've gone to a subscription-based solution that has allowed for small businesses um, to have the same capability. So if you think about it, historically, we all go to an office, we work at a desk, and all of our applications and files are on our desktop, and that's where we do our work. And then when we're done with work, we're done, and we don't really do a whole lot of work from home. And when COVID happened, you can't really take that desktop and take it out of the office and move it into your home office. You have to have a way to still have access to your applications and all of your files securely. And we have software that allows for that. So 
Um, we can create a workspace. We can do single sign-on across all of your applications, which is a major issue for IT password resets. Um, mm. So that's part of our business. The other part of our business is we are so reliant on broadband and on connectivity. Uh, we do have a product called NetScaler that allows for optimization of um, the network and optimization of communication. And so that has also been um, software-defined networking um, has been a very big solution for companies that now rely on their remote networks just to get business done. Yeah. So at a time when you've got a company with, you know, maybe a couple hundred accountants that in the span of a week go from business as usual to everybody go home, but we still need you to continue working. It's tax season and it's, you know, think business continues, uh, at least in a lot of instances. This is a tool that is kind of in a great position for this type of a crisis to occur to to really provide value and help people continue working. Exactly. If you think of, we have a product called Remote Desktop that um, you could just leave your desktop on in the office and then go home and have a laptop that you dial into your desktop and you have full access to everything. So that can be deployed in in a matter of days. And so in the early time, especially in the Northeast, we saw that solution be used, you know, in a lot of organizations for their back office that traditionally always went in the office, right? And once they had to go home, they had to come to Citrix to solve that problem quickly. Yeah. Well, I I really like the way you answered the question I asked you uh, at the beginning of this call, you know, how did the tactics and the behaviors have to change? And uh, I, I like the way you phrase that sort of, you know, we, we have to take the orders quickly, but rephrasing what you said, but we're not going to cut corners to do it, right? We still have to make sure that it's the right solution, that we're not just allowing people to write us checks because they're willing, if we know that it's not exactly the right combination of uh, features and benefits and into the solution that's going to help them. So you guys have been hiring an awful lot of younger salespeople. How has your pursuit of new recruits been affected by the COVID crisis? One of our strategies was to hire students from universities throughout the U.S. and then relocate them into Fort Lauderdale or Raleigh. And we have scheduled to have classes starting in July, as well as interns um, with the same strategy. And so the first thing we've had to do is really institute virtual onboarding um, and actually virtual management, right? These are very talented, but young, first time in the workforce, and they've all, now they're going to work remote for the first time. Fortunately, pretty interesting since most of my staff of 50 outside of the managers are you know, the demographics, you know, 23 to 27 year olds, um, they've done a fantastic job on work from home. Mm-hmm. Um, the, they communicate very well. They're, they're okay with being on video and video chat. They're okay with um, logging into tools that record calls and they communicate very well together. Um, in that way. So, so of all the groups, we've probably done better than expected and equal to, and in some regards, better than we did in the office. On the recruiting front, I think that our biggest issue has been, we know a lot of students because we do participate in sales competitions and we've helped us, we helped a couple of sales competitions towards the end of the year. 
it's been a lot of the volume and then we haven't been able to predict the second half of the year yet. So we know we may need more interns, but we don't know how many and we don't know we may not. And so we're in communication with quite a few students in case they ask for, you know, six or eight interns to do the June to August timeframe, then we're able to, to move pretty quickly. So, so it has been, we've been fortunate that we did a great job, the current team on, on working remote, work from home. We've been able to maintain all of the classes. And now it's just the questions we never had before, like, should I move to Raleigh um, in July or should I stay home in Michigan or in Dallas or in Iowa or in Tallahassee and, uh, and just work from either my college apartment or from home? And we're still sorting through some of that. So pretty interesting. Yeah. Now, with virtual onboarding, that that's an interesting phrase to me. You get so much value in the onboarding and initial training phase of things from, from interacting face-to-face and socializing and introducing the new hire to important people at, at headquarters or, you know, all of these, I guess, kind of indirect things. It's not the content that you're training. It's not the processes that you're training, but it's all those add-ons that add an awful lot of value. How are you able to remedy that in a virtual context? It's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. We did some of it already because um, we would onboard classes in Raleigh and Fort Lauderdale simultaneously and s- to utilize resources, um, we would have a in-person class and then a virtual experience in Raleigh. And then the next day, we may have a in-person class in Raleigh and then have a, uh, a virtual class in Fort Lauderdale. Same students, just different experience. And so we found we got a lot of feedback last year when we didn't have to do it. We actually did it more of a manager resource, subject matter expert resource allocation. And so that's what we're using now. We're just a lot more sensitive to the fact that, you know, the you got to rehearse a little bit more. You got to make sure the technology's adequate, that, that everything is lined up. And we've had a couple of months to do it. Videos helped a lot. I think in the first iteration, we didn't use video as much. We just did audio. And, you know, having everybody on video is a big difference. I've been on calls. Most of my status calls, I'll have 30 people, 30 little faces um, on the screen. And, and everybody pays attention um, when, when they're on video. I think we have some tools that, that integrate with SalesLoft that have helped a lot, you know, and, and everybody is really, we're doing a lot of, it's funny, it takes a lot more planning and thought than just going into a room and presenting. It takes a lot more focus while you're doing it because um, there's a lot of things that can go wrong and it's hard to fix on the fly. And then the postmortem, a lot of surveys, a lot of discussion on how things went so we can make it better the next time. So it's it seems like work from home, you have a little bit more time, but actually from the beginning of your day to the end of the day, we've been a lot busier because we're learning and we're having to share the learnings with a lot of other people. I think as we get into, especially into July and into um, the second half of the year, we will settle down a little bit as far as workload. You know, this being Memorial Day weekend, we've had a lot of people take today off, take Friday off and take the week off because, you know, there's this conventional wisdom that you get less productive when you work from home. 
I think we've been so sensitive to that that people have been more productive and almost to a fault where it's been meeting after meeting, calls with customers. Everybody's at that super high level of over the expected metrics and time on the phone and emails. And it's really, we almost wore each other out trying to prove out that we could work from home and that we could train people. And I almost have to go to the staff and say, could everybody just let's calm down just a bit. We got this thing take a under deep control, breath. take a deep yeah. breath. And we, we looked at it more like a sprint. Let's get to somewhere and it'll go away. And now it's kind of like, hold on. It, it may be a bit more of a marathon mm. and let's relax and get our rhythm and stride down and, and, and step back a little bit. And that's kind of where we're at right now. And we're better at it. So, yeah, that's interesting. I, I mean, I guess I've noticed a little bit of that as well in my own life and that you know, most of what I do is analyze data and write papers. Thankfully, I get to have conversations for this podcast every now and then that keep me <laughs> connected to the real world. But it's, you know, when this first started, I thought, you know, I can be really productive. I can work, you know, I can, I can put in 12 hours of writing a day and I, and I can for a couple days. Yes. And then problem is not a uh, time constraint. It's a cognitive capacity constraint or something like that. Right. Like, yeah, I, I have the time, but I'm out of words. I'm out of, you know, I can't force this every hour of the day. And it, it sounds like maybe there's something similar going on there that, yeah, you can, like you said, sprint, you can be performing at some optimal level for a certain window of time and then you crash or you slow down or, you know, something has to give. So yeah, I think it's, it's good that you're kind of deliberately trying to recognize that and, and adapt to that. At work and, and we haven't been able to see each other except on video. The, what we did to work from home is the first thing we did was try to replicate exactly what we did in the office, right? Um, our meeting yeah. schedules were the same. The managers have weekly one-on-ones, our staff meeting, everything was the same. And I think that helped the reps because they knew that, right? And then as we kind of got further along, um, it got a little mundane, right? Uh, we, we, uh, there were, the teams got a little isolated and siloed um, because they were only meeting with their team. And when you're in the office, you run into people and our offices are, are open, right? Since we can work anywhere on any device, um, we have open seating. So you don't have to sit with your team. You can sit next to your best friend if they're on another team. And so we started to mix it up a little bit in some trainings and um, just randomly have you know five people uh, in a training together, but each person was from a different sales team. So they got a little bit of that feel on Oh, I haven't seen like this cross pollination. Yeah, and they hadn't seen each other, and and um, you know now we're kind of in the mode of uh, you know they're all young. They all moved into Raleigh or Fort Lauderdale together, and there's a little bit of the we miss each other, right? And uh, yeah, you forget that about although it's work, a lot of your your good friends are at work. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean we've been doing. Uh, weekly, just in our department here at FSU, weekly Zoom hangout meetings. You know, just mm-hmm. to just to see each other and rem- remind ourselves that we like each other and we miss each other, and that you know we're we're right down the road. You know, we're not gone, but mm-hmm. certainly there's a lot for morale and kind of these 
softer outcomes, right? That, uh, you know, I feel better when I'm working with people that I like and, you know, give me some energy. But do you think there's any performance implications of that as well? We've had some, but we've been really upfront and open when it comes to mental health, right? You know, we, we actually have some advocates within the organization that talk openly, even when we're in the office, where salespeople can be a stressful occupation. And we talk openly about mental health. And, and I think that that's translated into an environment where if our people were feeling like that just the situation was starting to affect their performance, they would they could go to their manager and begin talking about it. And we have resources. Um, we're doing meditation every day at at lunch sponsored by Citrix where you can go in and they have professionals coming in and the you would think at first the audience would be limited but it's actually been a large audience you know of 70 to 90 people at a time going through these different vignettes and wow and you know it's one of those things that is around and you hear about it when you're in the office and um, and it's, it's always, we've always had some advocates that it was their thing to make sure about mental health. And, and one of my managers actually has a nonprofit that, uh, that she runs on mental health. And, and that's just, and, and she's not the only one. And that serves us well now because um, it's easier for people to bring up and talk about, and then it's easier for us to address. Wow. So have you done any of the meditations? I have. You know, I uh, uh, actually, my girlfriend's daughter is uh, doing meditation sessions. She's a Florida State grad. She, she lives in Tampa, but Madeline's been having putting on meditation sessions virtually, and she's starting to do a big following. So I listen to those as well. So both sides. Wow. Yeah, it's really fascinating the, the, the way that people are able to find ways to support one another in, in these virtual contexts. We're going to stop it right there for now. Please dive into the next episode of the Sales Lab to hear the conclusion of this interview. And by the way, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and to rate this podcast on whatever app you use to listen. Also, share this with your colleagues and friends, and let's continue to have a deeper discussion on all things related to selling and sales leadership. See you next time in the Sales Lab.